You can have a seat. How are we doing this morning? All right. It's good to have you guys here. And um, I have a little treat for you. Well, it's probably just a treat for me. Um, I have, if you, those who know me really well, know that I have this sort of secret guilty pleasure over 20 years now. Uh, one of my favorite shows of all time is the show Survivor, which is a reality show. Um, and uh, it's not as good as it used to be, but eh, I still hang in there with it. Um, and if you don't know the show, it's, you probably know at least this, right, that they vote each other out until there's one left, and that person wins a million dollars, right, on this island. And what happens is when they get to the last four, um, they do this thing with the bottom two to see who gets to stay in the finals three. And they do a fire-making challenge, okay? And basically they have to, to build their own fire. They don't get a flame. they got to use flint and steel, and they got to get it going and nurture it and get it up. And whoever burns through the rope first gets to stay, and the other one's gone. Okay. Now, I want to show you a fire-making challenge, um, and I'm going to pause it along the way a couple times because not just because somebody bet me I would never f- work Survivor into a sermon. No, they didn't do that. No money's going to get <laughs> made here. Um, but that, that it's, uh, for both of these contestants, it really is a parable of the Christian life, and especially because we're going to see a verse that really stuck out in, in the letter of, of Paul to Timothy that just says to fan into flame. And what does that mean? To kindle the gift that God has given you, right? And so uh, we're going to watch this. And Isaac, I'll tell you when the pause it. Go ahead, hit play. Trying to nurse it, trying to get a stick to catch, which would help. Deshaun's got a flame going. This is a key moment for Deshaun. If he can keep that flame going and get it to take hold. Heather's still trying to get a flame. Deshaun's flame is starting to grow. That's a good sign. Deshaun is doing a very nice job. Heather continues to fight. All right, and she has for tw- so we got Deshaun and we got Heather, right? And uh, it's not my wife, Heather, by the way. That would be epic if she was on Survivor. But don't tell her I said this, but she'd probably get voted off first, you know? So um, I would definitely all pastors go immediately. That's just how it goes. Uh, but, but if you, you kind of look at them, um, sh- so Deshaun, boom, he's got that, that flame. But they, have, they give you this husk stuff, right, that, that goes up really quickly but, but also burns really fast. So you've got to start getting sticks on that or you're in trouble. So he's looking good and she's not. And sometimes that's how it can be. Like you're, you're like, look over there. It's like, man, he just seems to really have it together. And what's wrong with me? Well, watch how it plays out. Go ahead, hit play. 25 days, often in dead last, but never giving up. Sean's starting to burn a little taller now. He's got a time advantage because Heather is yet to get any flame. Heather has a baby flame. She's now in it. Heather now has got a little something going. He's got two fires. Heather, stick by stick, is nurturing her flame. Sean in danger of losing his. Sean's smothering, he's smothering. Can he get it back? Can he breathe life back into that fire? You don't have to raise your hand, but who feels like Deshaun right now (laughs) in your walk? Right? Like, no, no, it's go, right? Anyone, first of all, you can raise your hand. Ever tried to build a fire and done that? Maybe early in your fire-making business. Come on, guys, you've done that, right? Like, look at this flame, right? Like, you get a couple of twigs, and then you're like, I'm going to throw some wood on that, right? And you're going to just throw it on there. Well, 
that can happen in the Christian life too. And he, he's like, oh no, and panicking. And now, now Heather's got hers going. And what I love about that is like neither one of them are giving up. And that's the key. Don't give up. All right, let's see how this goes. A fire paramedic. That thing is gone. It might be out. Sean has a lot of sticks. Heather's fire now is burning very solid. Sean looking, searching through the rubble. going to have to start again and get something going. Now it's Deshaun who feels the panic as Heather once again close to being counted out of a challenge and once again hanging in there. Heather's flame is getting taller. Deshaun has a flame again. He's got to move quickly now because Heather has a legit fire. Heather's flame is now starting to hit the rope for the first time, right, pause little one more by time. little. One more before we close it out. I love how uh, Jeff Probst said to Deshaun, man, you're looking through the rubble. Again, Christian life, right? Like, man, what is going wrong here? And, and Heather's now, Heather's got this amazing flame. It's starting to burn through the rope. But, again, that might be someone here that you feel good, right? But here's the thing about a fire. You have to keep tending it, don't you? If you're not careful, it begins to come down. So uh, you're going to see what happens. Go ahead, hit play. We'll watch it through the end. Burning off some of that rope. Heather's got a great fire. Deshaun is trying to get back in this. Heather is getting closer and closer to the final three, building a fire her kids would be proud of. Deshaun trying, trying to get back. You can see the fibers of the rope burning little by little. Deshaun is out of it right now, and suddenly Heather's flame starts to dissipate. Just like that, it is several inches below the rope. Now it's sparking up and down, but it's not as consistent. Deshaun has a flame. Deshaun trying to build something now. Can he get back in it? Did he learn anything from his first fire? Heather's back now with a force. That fire starting to burn higher again, starting to burn that rope again. Deshaun's is going higher. Deshaun's back in this. His flame is now starting to burn high enough that it's getting close to that rope. Heather continues to burn through that rope. There can't be a lot left. Now Deshaun is burning his rope. Both players are burning their rope. Both fires are burning. One of the best fire-making showdowns we've ever seen. That fire is right on that rope right now. Burning, burning, burning through the fibers. I still wonder what Heather's rope was made of, to be honest. <laughs> that thing was taking fire forever. Now, you can go home or go wherever you're going later, and someone says, what would you do in church today? We watched Survivor, right? So at least you can say that, right? And don't think I didn't think, if you know me, I even brought my own flint and steel, and I thought about, how can I make a fire in church, right? But we have the fire chief who comes here, so I couldn't do that. Um, but I, I wanted to show you that because I just love, now th imagine, because what's beautiful is the Christian life is both of them. 
And, and it's not a contest, right? So we're not competing against each other. So do imagine if, like, they had actually helped each other, right? When Deshaun was like this, Heather was like, hey, I don't have a spark yet, but, man, you got to calm down over there. You're crushing that thing, right? Or later, like, her, her flames drift in, and, and Deshaun's like, what you need to do, what I learned when my fire went out is you got to nurture, you know, well, you got to keep fueling that and help each other because that's what we're doing, right? And here's the thing. All of us are at different spots. Like all of us, you might just have those, you're just trying to get it going, right? It's coals, you got to stoke it, right? Or maybe you got a lazy fire that used to be higher. Or maybe you're burning brightly today, but you got to keep fanning it into flames, the gift that God's given you, all right? Let's talk. Father, we we come before you. We thank you that um, we can laugh together, we can weep together, we can sing together, we can let your truth um, bear its weight on our lives. And I pray that you would do so, that as, you to, as Paul told Timothy, that we'll see that, it's, um, that, that the gift that each Christian has is the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that you would remind us of that today and give us the tools to fan it, and fan that gift into flame so that our lives might shine brightly for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's in your precious and holy name, all God's people said, amen, amen. So, um, we're just calling this set your life on fire. And um, yes, often that's a negative context. If you're like, my life's on fire, probably not a good thing, right? But in this case, it is, right? It's the fire that, that Christians have. So if you want, we'll put it on the screen. We're looking at just two verses, so that won't take us any time at all, right? Of course. Uh, and uh, that's uh, if you want to open or turn your Bibles on or whatever you got, 2 Timothy chapter 1, right in the beginning of chapter 1. We're going through this letter. Um, we started last weekend, so... Uh, let me catch you up if you weren't with us, or remind you if you were, that, that this is a letter that Paul wrote um, as, his, as his life, as he was literally, he was in prison. He'd been in prison before, but this time, it's over. He, he's, he's pretty sure I ain't getting out of this one. And so he writes this very personal and sobering letter to Timothy, who's, yes, his protege, and yes, the guy he brought to the Lord, and, and yes, uh, uh, all that, but, but he calls, you know, uh, like, like a son in the faith, like, like a, a family member. Super close. And he, so it's personal. He has to come see him. But it's also he's trying to encourage Timothy. Because Timothy's in a tough spot. Timothy's most likely in Ephesus. And it's a church they had planted. But, but if you read the first letter to Timothy, it's all about false teaching. And all about this problems and everything that Timothy was sent to deal with. And now he's got to deal with the person he probably looks up to the most is probably going to die. And, and, and all of this is really, really hard. And so Paul, of course, wants to encourage him. And, and so I want, even though I'm not, like, I already preached this last weekend, but I, because verses 6 and 7 flow right from the first five verses, I want to read them again um, so you're caught up and you kind of see how, how uh, it flows. So he, of course, identifies himself as Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life. Remember, that's what it's all about, life in Christ Jesus. And then he identifies who this is to. He says, to, this to Timothy, there it is, my beloved child, beloved child, grace, mercy, peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. If nothing else, if we can just remember to pray for each other, Whoever God might put throughout your week, put, put uh, another member of the body of Christ, just pray. Sometimes you know exactly what to pray for. Sometimes you're not sure. You just, just 
pray for each other as, as Paul prayed for Timothy. I remember your tears. I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. And then verse 5, I am reminded of your sincere, very important, faith. It's a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure of it dwells in you as well. So when we get to verse 6, you need to remember, it's going to be looking back and saying because of something, and the because of is something he's sure of, and that's a sincere faith in Christ. And so here's the thing. Most of this message regarding verses 6 and 7 is geared towards those of us in the room who have a sincere faith in Christ. That's where it begins. If you're trying to gut out some kind of moral, uh, pseudo-Christian lifestyle by not doing bad things and doing good things, or even trying to gut it out in the church, like it, you are going to flame out. right? You're, it's just not going to work. Paul is so, such a master throughout all of his letters at weaving in God's sovereignty and our responsibility. Right? That, that ultimately it is, it is God doing this work in us, but we have a responsibility to it. And, and so he's, he's saying, I'm, uh, I'm reminded of your sincere faith because God has to save you. That's the one place where that, that illustration breaks down. Right? That, that, that all of us, if you're, you have sincere faith, you have, even if it's embers, right? you have sincere faith. So that's my first question. Do you have that? Right? Not, not like... And it's easy to even pretend to ourselves. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got that. Do you have sincere faith? Like, there's no use in pretending that one. We're not asking if um, you, you, you know, you, you went to a youth camp when you were a teenager and prayed a prayer. Great. I'm not even asking. Maybe you went to Awana. Remember the, you know, the, the medals you'd earn from memorizing verses? Like, you, you have a vest in your closet, a lot smaller, doesn't fit you anymore, but you're proud of it. It looks like you were a five-star general, right? You got so much stuff. Awesome. I, I'm not asking you if you grew up in a Christian home, like Timothy did, right? He had a grandmother, mother. That's a gift from God. Many people don't get that. And if you had that, it's a gift that's beautiful. But notice what Paul says to Timothy. I am sure of your sincere faith, not Lois, not Eunice, yours. And so we have to have it. So that's the first question. Do you have it? Because as soon as you have sincere faith that Christ died in your place, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that he rose three days later, he's coming again in glory, he's given you a spirit, as we're about to see, right? This you believe, And there's fruit in your life. Yes, maybe right now you're like, man, I'm, I'm those uh, embers, I'm, I'm feeling lazy or fearful or angry or hurt or I'm just tired or weary. That could be all true. But there's got to be some kind of fruit. Like some kind of, I hate my sin, even when I'm sinning. You know what I mean? Like or or I, I, I love Jesus. I just, man, I just, I know I'm not showing it right now. Like, but, but you have that and you know it, right? Like between you and God, do you have a sincere faith? Because if you don't, it's by God's grace. That's what's beautiful. You don't have to spend years earning it. You have to give up on your way and trust in Christ's way. And just say, I repent of that way. And I believe sincere faith, right? Because when that happens, watch verse, verse 6. When that happens, he says that, that for this reason, your sincere faith, because that's true, I remind you. And I love that. It's always right. Don't you notice that if you've been a Christian for any length of time, like um, 
most of the time when I'm up here, whatever sermon you might be listening to or podcasting or whatever, it's almost always, sometimes we're always learning. So sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, man, I never heard that before. Most of the time, what is it? It's a reminder. It's a constant reminder. That's what he's telling Timothy. I'm reminding you something you know, right? To what? There it is. To fan into flame. What? The gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now, he's not saying I gave it to you. It's probably some uh, which we've throughout church history have grown to. Usually it's for pastoral ministry or, um, you know, someone who's going to become installation as a pastor or ordained. But I don't think it, it needs to be that. It's you're set aside because we see the sincere faith in you. And because that's true, when you have that faith, what happens is the Holy Spirit fills you and indwells you. And so now you have fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, right, faithfulness. Like those things begin to grow in you. But also the abilities that you maybe always have had, the way you're wired, your personality, like all of it, you see now the gift of the Spirit working through you is powerful. And so they, at one point, laid hands on Timothy and said, man, we see you. You have the Spirit of God. And so he's saying, I want you to remember that so that you might fan it into flame. You know, the funny thing is we don't know a lot about Timothy. But scholars, they love, people just love to, to guess. And I, I get that. It's fun. But I even read, I, I read one guy that said, Timothy was a, t- a timid, sickly man. I'm like, Really? Well, because there's one verse where Paul says, hey, I know you got a stomach issue. Drink a little wine with that. You know, that'll help. He's a sickly man. I have acid reflux. Does that make me a sickly, timid man? Maybe, but I don't think so, right? So, so we don't know. But what we do know is he probably had a different personality than Paul. That's the way it works, right? And he's in Ephesus, and it's hard, and it's difficult, and it's, it's frustrating. There's probably times where he's like, ugh, right? But that's the way we all are. I mean, Paul's probably like, if he went to Ephesus, he'd come in. And set the fire, place the fire. Speaking of fires, be like, this, like, get out of my way. Whereas Timothy, maybe he's more of a people pleaser. Maybe he's a little more, like, it's harder for him to do that. I identify with that. That can be hard work. But what he's saying, what I love about the expression fan into flame, is that depending on context, it can mean different things. It can mean um, that, that if you are, like, like poor Deshaun was there for a while, like, like embers, right, that Timothy might be feeling that way. Like, I'm just done, man. And he's like, you got to stoke it. You got to stoke that fire. You got it. It's the spirit in you. But it can also mean that you have a flame going, like we saw with Heather's flame, but you got to be careful. Because if you turn your back on it, you're like, oh man, we need more wood. We need more. I got to fan that. I got to get some oxygen in there, right? I got to get some airflow because, because it's going down. And so, whatever, that's what I love about this. Wherever you are at, right? Like the same command is for us. Fan it into flame, stoke it, fuel it up, whatever it takes. And so he says, he, he, he says in verse 7, um, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So I love that. That, that, that you have, if you're, you have sincere faith, just like Timothy, you have, no matter where you're feeling, wherever, where you're at right now, you have this, this power of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Spirit in you, and all that he gives you and sustains you with, and he gives you a spirit of courage, right? Not of fear, but you actually have power. That's key. And sometimes we forget, because again, if you're trying to do it on your own strength, 
you're in trouble. You're going to last not long at all. And you're going to get disappointed and depressed and hurt, and you're going to give up. But if you constantly remember that it's the Spirit of God in you, it's the gifts he gives you, and he brings the increase for what you do, then now you have courage. You walk into that fight like, man, it's not me. It's God inside of me. I'm not scared. Right? That's, that's a, a very similar phrase that Paul used in um, Romans 8. Right? It's the song of the Bible that we have courage, not because of us. Who are we? But because of God. Romans 8 said that. Like, you have a spirit of courage, like, not a fear. Uh, go Old Testament, right? Joshua 1.9. A lot of you know that. Like, what did Joshua say, right? Like, do not be afraid, right? Take heart. Take courage. Why? The Lord your God goes with you wherever you go. And now we, with sincere faith, have the spirit of God wherever we go, whatever we do, whatever we face. So have courage, right? And, and so here's what's beautiful. What does that courage and power get us to do, right, when we have sincere faith? To go around the world and punch it in the throat? That's what we want to do sometimes. No. You now have the power to do something you never, ever. It, it, it defies human imagination, and that is to love. The power of love. And I'm not talking about Huey Lewis and the News, for those of you 80s music fans. It's a different kind of love. Agape love, right? Uh, in Ephesus, Timothy, you, you love that person who's, 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 who's just driving you insane, that false, you, you love them enough to come alongside, and you, and you, you have the power to draw on. Don't be afraid. Keep loving with self-control. Keep agape loving. Keep putting others before you. Keep serving. Keep, that's the, the, the ironic aspect of the Christian life, is we have power to lay our lives down before others. It's, it's not what you would expect, but that's what it is. And it's, it's this power of agape love. But that's hard in a culture like Ephesus. But how about a culture like ours? <laughs> because in our culture today, we've equated, and I mean we by culture, with love as if I love you, it means I accept everything about you is okay. Right? And and that's the opposite of what love is. Love is always truth. Lies is hatred. I could tell you a lie that makes you feel good. It's still hating you because it's a lie. That's what Satan does. He's the father of lies. Why would that ever be good? But it's hard sometimes. Here's an example that might help you. Imagine a, like a six-year-old in your life. Maybe it's or somewhere around. Maybe it's your kid. Maybe it's your grandkid or neighbor. And, and, and for whatever reason, you've been left in charge. Some of you are like, me? I know. That's the way I felt until I had my own kids. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm in charge now, right? And uh, um, they survived somehow so far. And, and so you're in charge, and you turn your back for a little bit, and then you look up, you're like, oh, no. That six-year-old, I picture a boy, but there's some girls who might do this, climbed up onto the second balcony roof of the home that you're watching, right? And they're standing there, and they got a sheet tied around their neck, right? And they're like, look, Daddy or Mommy or whoever you are, right? Like, I am Superman. And I'm going to fly right now. Now, if you love that kid, you are not going to be like, are you? Eh, let's see how it goes. If you hate that kid and you're a really bad person, you're going to say, go ahead, fly away, Superman. But you're not because love is truth, always is. And so you're going to tell him, even though you're like, you don't 
think I'm Superman. No, I don't, because you would have hurt yourself pretty bad, and I love you enough to tell you you ain't Superman. And that's love. But here's what it is. It's not punching someone in the throat. You're not Superman, you stupid kid. It's coming alongside and saying, I love you too much, right? And that's our job. It's constantly this challenge of saying, no, 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 no. We, we have compassion and we have empathy and we, we, come, we, we, we come into your sphere, but, but we love you too much to leave you without truth. And that's where the self-control comes in, right? To, to constantly put that person before me, even if they hate me for telling them the truth. It's a hard thing to do. That's what Embrace the Grace Ministry is all about, isn't it? It's like we're not just taking political positions here, right? It's not what we do. We love and we come out, we do what it takes to lay our lives down for others so they might know the grace, mercy, and love of God. So that only comes not from your strength and your flesh. Isn't gonna happen. Your talent and your it comes from the power of the gift that God has given you if you have sincere faith. And so um, the, the, that's why it's all about courage. And so we'll, we'll look at the rest of his thought there next weekend, but I wanted us to land on what does that have to do with us? And the first, there's a couple of reminders. One, remember, if you have sincere faith, if you sit here, no matter where you are in your walk, yes, I've trusted Christ, and I know that's to be true, right? Remember the power you have. It's so easy to forget because everything else seems like it's done on our strength, our work, our school, like, and we're like, ugh, right? But that's not your life in Christ. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. You've been set apart. Whether someone laid their hands on you or not, you have been set apart, and you've been given this gift, right, to be awesome for Christ, the the, the, the enemy of God wants you to think you're nothing, you have nothing to offer, it's someone else's job, right, and, and get you distracted from, no, 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 no. God has uniquely gifted you and wired you for this. But remember the power that you have. Like you, you, you know, maybe uh, you're, you're this really boisterous, loud personality that people are just attracted to. Why do you think God made you that way? For the kingdom, Maybe you're the opposite. You're gentle. You'd rather kind of sit quietly in a corner, but you're an amazing listener, and people just love to talk to you when they're struggling because you're so good at that. Why do you think God made you like that? For the kingdom. You're good with numbers, good with technology, good with kids, good with clearly communicating. All of it was given to you for the kingdom. But if you think it's just your power, your strength, you will flame out. I remember the first time I ever preached a sermon. It was in this church. I was the associate pastor. Um, the, the senior pastor, Pastor Kurt, he went on vacation. And so, you're up, man, right? I was terrified. Terrified. There was probably only like 10 people there to listen, but I was still terrified, right? And, and, and it wasn't because it's public speaking. I know some of you are like, I'd rather die than speak in public, right? That's not my problem. I think you've noticed that. I was born talking to my parents and telling them my opinion, right? That was, I was born doing that. And, and so it wasn't that. I, the more the merrier, I got no issue with that. It was the setting. Like, I am going to be here preaching God's word to a 90-year-old, a 60-year-old, a 30-year-old, a 15-year-old. Me, what am I going to do? Answer, nothing. It's what God does. That's what gives you the courage to get up here and say, if I could sit and listen to that, and I won't, first sermon, I don't know, it's probably have it recorded somewhere, I would probably cringe. 
be like, ugh. Not because it was heresy or anything like that. It's just like, oh my goodness, right? But God still used that because he did it. There's times where, I, there's times where I'll preach a sermon, and I'm like, it's very, very rare. But I'm like, I just saved the world with that one. <laughs> very rare. I'm like, all right, can't wait to hear how God, right? And like the first person comes to me and goes, yeah, good job. Uh, we have a leaky toilet in the downstairs. <laughs> oh, I don't care, right? But, but that, right? And then there's other times where I'm like, that was a dud, Jamie. What in the world did you just do? And you hear messages like, God told me this through this or God did this, you know. Half the time I'm like, I didn't even say that, but praise God, right? Like because that's how he works it. He does it. It's not just preaching. It's not just teaching. It's everything. Your ministry, not just in the church, although there's many to do that, in your home, your marriage, your kids. I'll bet before you had kids, if, you, if you're a Christian, you're like, I just know it. We're going to have family devotions. My kids are going to just sit there with their hands folded. <laughs> Daddy, tell us more about Jesus, right? And now? There's food flying, there's stuff breaking, there's people are like, my kids are tyrants, they're never going to know the Lord, right? They, they aren't, well, they are, but they're going to grow, just like you did. But you've got to remember, your ministry, when you're trying to do that in your home or in your marriage or in the, your church, it's all the power of God. So here's the thing. Think big. Expect big things. I'm not talking about name it, claim it nonsense. I'm saying expect big things because you have a big God. Expect big things. I don't know what that's going to look like, and neither do you. I just know. Expect big things in your marriage. Expect big things with your kids and in your home. Expect big things in your ministry. Expect God to do it. Pray and say, God, because God's doing it. He's even going to use me. How sad that is. He's going to because he is God. That's the gift that we are to fan into flame. And so secondly, remember that we have a responsibility. And that's a word that we learn early on to hate. (laughs) But you do. You do. Jesus was very clear. I've given you a responsibility. He used this story a lot. We know it probably uh, most well as, as, as the parable of the talents. Right, where the master gave money to three guys, and the first two were faithful, and the last one hid it in dirt. And he had excuses and all that. He's like, no, I'm taking that from you, and I'm giving it to those who are faithful. Jesus was like very serious about, you have a responsibility. Like, he's died for us. He's, he's given us new life, and, and he's given us the gift of the Spirit to fan into flame, not to let die out and go cold. Yeah, there's... There is time. All over the Bible, there's, the, uh, there's time for rest. It's called Sabbath. Right? There is time for that. And that might be you, right? I don't know that. Like I, I, I'm going to take a, a sabbatical this summer, right? And uh, honestly, there's part of me that's like, I don't want to do that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like still energized. I'm feeling I do need a break, but man, what, you know, right? But that's, that's okay. You, there's times you need to rest for a few minutes on the bench so you'll have more energy for the rest of the game. That's a sports analogy, you know, that's, that's me. Uh, and, 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 and that's fine, but I'm just telling you, and I really need you to hear me. God does not call us to three-year furloughs. He just doesn't. And a lot of people who, who, who are, are, are Christians, especially because of the pandemic, because of COVID, it kind of shut everything down. And, and there's a lot, I talked to past, a lot of people just never got started back up. And I've just started like, oh, but, and then and it's just excuses piling up. 
I'm not, this isn't a guilt trip. It's just be honest about it, right? Where are you at? Because you and I have responsibilities. That, that if we have sincere faith, if you don't, that's the first step. Like I'm, not ta- I'm talking to you who, who know Christ, have the living spirit of God in you to fan the flame, to stoke the embers, or to keep fueling if it's blazing. We have a responsibility. And, and, and lastly, the responsibility is to set yourself ablaze in a good way for the gospel. I have the flint, all right? Tom's not here, right? All right, just his wife. Okay, it's okay. No, he was just glaring at me because he wanted to play with it. That's all, right? But, like, um, just this might be, it's okay, sorry. I, I, I'm, so, I forgot where I am. I'm so excited about this. I'm going to learn how to do this on my sabbatical, all right, in case I ever get called for Survivor. Uh, but, but this might be you. You know, what, what, I don't know where you're at, but, but the responsibility we have is wherever we're at, fan it into flame. Okay? Maybe you're a new Christian. It, for those of us who remember, right? Like, that, that's why, like, like uh, uh, you know, Deshaun, when, when, when he had it going and then he just smothered it, that happens, doesn't it? Like, you're like, this is great! And you're looking around at all these other Christians going, we are so tired. And you're like, what's wrong with you? And then three weeks later, you're over here with them. I'm tired, too. I remember I was in this church serving, and when you first get excited about Christ, man, that you end up on every committee and team in the world, Right? Like, that happened to me. I even got asked, I was excited, I got asked to be on the usher team, usher committee. You guys remember the ushers, right? Suited out guys, collecting money, giving out bulletins, right? Kind of old school thing. So they they were trying to revitalize it, and they wanted to, well, we need someone younger. So they saw me, and they were like, you? And I was like, okay. So I went to this meeting. Everyone was like 30 years older than me. And they were like, we need to bring back suits, right? And they looked at me, do you own a suit? I'm like, no, I don't own a suit. I can't afford a suit, right? And, and I left that meeting pretty dis, just kind of disenchanted, right? And it wasn't anything. It wasn't those guys' fault. It wasn't. It was just not my plan. Someone came alongside me and said, well, don't do that. It's not for you. You're doing this with youth group and Sunday school. Just, like, leave that to them. That's okay, right? And I was like, oh, okay. But that can happen, right? You can start to feel someone says something to you or something doesn't go your way, and what was, it's starting to die down. What do you need to do to stoke it back up? Do something that you enjoy for God, right? Do something a little bit different than you're doing now if you feel it dissipating. Or how about those of you that are, that those coals are, right? Like that's a hard, hard thing to admit that you're just like, I, I've been there. Like let me do it. I'm not saying you're there now, but raise your hand if you've ever been there. All right, look around the room. Keep it up. Don't be like Baptist. Raise your hand. All right. All right, good. So, so like, you look around. It's like, we've all been there. That's the beauty of that illustration I gave you. It's like this, right? And, and um, uh, I, was, I, I can remember when my last time I took a sabbatical was very different than this time. It wasn't planned. I just needed it. I was just done. I was tired. And I still remember. I was kind of tricking myself, saying I wasn't. And I was driving. I said, I'll never forget where I was. I was in the passenger seat of, with my dad uh, in his truck, which is now mine, which is kind of interesting, because um, this was like eight years ago. And we were headed. My dad lives two hours away, but he's a great dad and a great grandfather, and he comes to our kids, and they have a dance recital. Like, oh, my goodness, what a great guy to come for a little girl's dance recital. And he did, and we were driving to that recital. And he was, he, he was telling a story, and 
Um, I love him, just like when I was five. I wasn't listening um, to him. And, and, uh, but it was still great. I think it was something about being with my dad that God worked. And I just remember looking out the window at the houses and the cars and the trees as we were driving. And it, just, it was a, con- a freeing confession to the Lord and just saying, God, I'm just done. I'm just done. Not done being a Christian, right? Just done with, I, I can't. I can't. And he's like, no, you can't. You forgot. It isn't you. But I was. The embers were low. And, and then I tried to hide it. Right? Oh, no, no, I'm really good. But that was a real honest moment. You might need that today. Just to confess to God. You know what was beautiful is, is thankfully we had great elders, great friends. They came alongside and they just said, we don't really have this planned. We'll figure it out. But you need a break. And in that time, what I did through a lot of like hikes in the woods, and by that I mean straight paths in the woods with not a lot of bugs, okay? Uh, nothing too strenuous. On the beach, that's like new ways of praying, reading some books on resting and trusting in the Lord, opening my Bible in a way it wasn't just like, uh, like routine. It, 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 and, and little by little, not boom, right? It wasn't like Elijah, right? It was just little by little, just the fire began to spark and grow and warm. And get, by the time I was done, I was ready to go. You may need that. So again, do not, if you're, I am not, if that's your, I want you to be kind to your soul, right? Do not be like, he's right, I have coals, and be like, I'm signing up for 16 ministries today, and I'm going to, you're going to get crushed, right? I'm not asking you to do that. I'm just asking you, like last week, just do something, right? Something a little different. You keep doing it the same way, you're going to get the same result. You know that. So just do something, like, like maybe, uh, or just ask them. It might just start with confessing to God. It's so freeing, so honest. But God, I'm, I'm, I'm tired, or I've been lazy. God, no, you think he's be like, what, really? Like, that's not how he works. He's going to be like, I know, thank you, let's go. Let's stoke it now, right? It might mean you need someone to come alongside you. Ask for their help. Now, if your fire is kind of lazy and in between, there's just parts of your heart that need to be stoked. Maybe your prayer life, or maybe uh, you've kind of been routine. You're not really reading the Bible like you were, or maybe you were doing ministry. It's kind of maybe you need to change something up. You need to do something fresh, but you gotta you gotta stoke it. You gotta flame it, or it's it's gonna get down to those coals. If you're blazing, you gotta keep fueling it, right? But Give it away to someone else, right? You, all, you probably know someone in your life. You see them and you're like, not going great, I can tell, right? So, so talk to Now, don't go up to them and be like, you were at that sermon. Like, your coals are out, man. Don't say that. Ask questions. Be like, hey, where's, where's your heart at? Where are you at? They'll probably be honest, hopefully, and they'll say, not great. And so they're like, all right, how can I help? I'll pray with you. I'll pray for you. This isn't a contest. We're not trying to burn through rope here. We're trying to light each other's fire so they're both blazing and, and then we can give it away to someone else and, and give it away to someone else. And that's what's, what's good is today you might be blazing, tomorrow you're coals, and we're helping each other out. Helping each other. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to invite our worship team. They're going to come up. Um, I just want to end uh, my time with you um, to, to just ask a couple questions. So you can close your eyes or stare at the ground. Stare at me creepily, whatever you want to do, right? But whatever it is to focus in and not just be like, all right, the sermon's over. Just kind of like let God do something.
First question, most important one, that I already asked, but I'm going to ask again. Do you have sincere faith in Christ? I ask that every, I ask that every single week, pretty much. <laughs> and I will continue to. Because without that sincere faith, that Christ died for you, Christ rose, Christ coming again, that he's given you new life, that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. Nothing will change. You'll gut some things out for a little while. It will not change. But have you fully surrendered and trusted to Jesus Christ, your Lord and your Savior? If not, do it. Repent, believe. Repent, believe. Repent just means I'm turning from the way uh, of sin that just isn't working, and I believe. Because it's then you receive the Spirit of God, and it's then your fire begins to roar, but not until then. So maybe that's you. For those of you that have sincere faith, second question is, where is your flame? (laughs) it's blazing right now, praise God for that. Keep fueling it and give it away. So I want to ask you, who, who in your life might you help? Who's put God put in your path to help, to come alongside, to pray for, to encourage, maybe to read the Bible with, or, or to invite them to join the ministry, something that, that can help them. If your fire is sort of in between what can you do to stoke it a little bit how can you change up how you pray change up how you read scripture maybe change maybe do a ministry you've never done before something will excite you Father I pray that you would help help those who first of all never believed with sincere faith to believe you are sovereign over salvation and we ask for you to save today Lord, help those who are roaring right now. Thank you for that. I pray that you would continue to to give them ways to fan the flame and to give it away to someone who's struggling. Lord, for those, sometimes I confess, God, that, that those times where we're in between are the times we can hide the most. We're doing some things, we're doing okay, but it's not as good as it could be. Show us what areas of our life, Lord. Reveal to us, even right now as I pray, what we can do. Get us excited again about the responsibility you've put upon us. Lord, thank you for what you've done. Final, I pray, God, that you would sweep your grace and your mercy all over this place and those who are joining online as well, who's right now, their coals are, they're cold and they're going out, but they're there and they'll always be there. I pray that you would give them that mercy. Stoke that fire in their life. Lord, give them the freedom to just confess. I'm afraid. I'm tired. I'm lazy. I'm whatever it is. Show us. It hurts a little bit, but then show us that you are a God who redeems that. And you will. In the lives right now that are tired and weary, we know there's going to come a time where they're soaring on wings like eagles because you are that God. It's your power. We expect big things, Lord, because it's you, the big God, who's doing them, 
in our lives, in our church, in our families, our marriages, our families, our campuses, our schools. You will do big things through us. And we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing together, so if you'd like to stand with us, please do that.